everybody. What's going on? Hello. Welcome to the show. Once hey. again. Hey. It is the Tinsel Town Little C. That's right. I'm gonna get into another episode. Episode what? 80 child. 80 oh wild. 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 So we've been doing this thing for a little minute, huh? Yes. For a yes. little minute. Coming up on our two-year mark, y'all, which is Oof. crazy. Yes. We've been putting that work. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like always. Like always. So anyways, starting off with our Would You Rather, of course. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was interesting, but it could be an easy one. We'll see. Okay. Would you rather be able to take back anything that you say or hear? Wait. Would you rather be able to take back anything that you say mm-hmm. or hear any conversation that is about you? Mm. Oh, that's hard. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of hard. That is hard. I would like both. That part, I was like, ooh, you know. Um, I would, I would do the latter. So I would want to hear any conversation that is about me. Um, as opposed to take back. Cause I, I feel like if I've done something wrong, I'm usually good at saying like, okay, I'm sorry. I should not have said that. I'll t- I take that back. Like, I feel like I'm good at that. Um, but I want to hear what, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I guess I just want to be, be nosy. Also like <laughs> to be able to like get the heads up on like, like only thing I can think of is like, uh, job interviews. Cause you know how some job interviews, mm-hmm. like, you ask, you know, it's good and whoop-de-woo. And then like, sometimes they don't call you back. Like clearly, you know, you know, sometimes you don't even get a reason why, you know what I mean? And like, you felt like it was good or, so it's like, all right, I would love to hear like certain conversations. And, you know, I think it would expose people that you think are for you, but really aren't. So it might, it might be able to help put some things in context. I feel like. Facts, no Mm -hmm. prayer. No. yeah, I think, yeah, I think I would choose the same mm. thing because, um, I don't know, I'm becoming a very much, I said what I said type of bitch. <laughs> so I don't yeah. take anything back that I say. And I think that I'm good with watching what I say anyway. I mean, not all the yeah. time. Yeah. But for the most part, I feel like I'm very mindful of what I say. And then if mm-hmm. I'm not, then it's, I said what I said. Yeah. So yeah. I ain't taking it back. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, because I'm a nosy bitch too. I want to know who's mm-hmm. talking about me. <laughs> so I don't know what fuck a whole gotta say. <laughs> I always there's like a random thought that goes to my head probably like once a week is I wonder what people be saying about me when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always think about that because it's yeah. just interesting. Because like you know, people everybody gets talked about. Yeah, like you always want to know exactly who is talking about you because you never yeah. know who it might be. That's the yeah, thing. yeah, that's you, true. It could be somebody that you just don't even be be thinking about. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. I would definitely just as a way to weed out people in my life. Yeah, that yeah, ability. that's true. And it could be you work the opposite where it's like, okay, you hear people, you know, saying good things about you. You're like, okay, that's true. okay, that's true. cool and seal. So yeah, so yeah, that was a Very good. Uh, uh, would you rather for sure like yes it was yes ma'am good job um next is the no better do better and i have that y'all um you know word of encouragement things that i've learned share with y'all and yeah just plan out your writing breaks you know a lot of y'all are you know grinding working hard but it, it is important to take some breaks you know so you can clear your mind rejuvenate 
and charge back up, particularly with um, more creative ideas. Um, I was, I remember a while back, I forget what panel he was on, but um, Alan Yang was talking about, uh, and he's a creator of, uh, actually, if you saw, he's a creator of Master of None, and he was talking about it along with Aziz Ansari. And he was like, you know, when they used to write in for Parks and Recs, or I think for Master of None, they had to like advocate for having some time away from the writer's room so that they can live and experience things so that they'll have something to write about. So mm -hmm. it's important to make sure that, um, yeah, you plan out your breaks, you're not overworking yourself. Um, yeah but you are working hard so that you can, you know, finish your projects and still be inspired and move forward, you know, in a healthy way. So yeah, just make sure you uh, plan out your breaks and yeah, you're being cognizant of that. Facts, no printer. Always yeah. just plan things in general. I mean, it is nice yeah. to just write on the fly and be able yep. to do that, but it is also good to make sure that you're just planning shit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because if you don't plan time for breaks or just even self-care, because I think I think of a break as self-care. Yes. So if you don't plan stuff like that, you may not do it. So yeah, very, very good advice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Page. All right. So now we can just okay. hop right into the news. Hey. Everything is from Shadow Act, of course, bitch. So don't ask. Hey. Um, all right. So starting with Anthony Macker. Hey. Who's going to be my nigga? You should know for later because I feel hey. like he's underrated. Yep. He wanted to make a MAGA reference in. Ooh. Why would he want to do that? Interesting. In Falcon and the Winter Shoulder. So, shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> the Winter Shoulder. The Winter <laughs> Soldier. But yes. it got. Hmm, um so okay he revealed the line that he wanted to say as sam wilson and he said this at a drive-in fyc event for marvel studios in disney and he said that he wanted to make a commentary about donald trump's make america great slogan during sam's epic monologue after he officially takes on the captain america mantle and defeats the flag smashers Oh, with right. Bucky Barnes, who was played by the fine-ass Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yes, Even though yes. his line was rebuking mm. Trump's xenophobic and racist viewpoints, um, he was denied the opportunity, so they cut it out. Okay, so he was saying something against MAGA, mm -hmm. and it got cut out. Okay. Um, mm. Okay. So the quote that he said, he said, one thing I wanted to put at the end of the monologue, and it got shot down, was if we're going to make America great again, it has to be done by Americans, he said. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what race, creed, color, or sexuality you are, you're an American, and that's what I think the new Captain America captures. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's true. Why do yeah. you think that they are the only Americans, but that is mm -hmm. not the book true, so we all know that's not true. Yeah. They're not even, they weren't even originally here, so. Well. Um, that's mm. a whole nother episode, though. Yep. Anyways, okay, mm -hmm. I mean, Marvel showing their ass again. Y'all know how they do. They don't mm -hmm. like anything. Um, they don't like none of that real shit, so. Of course, <laughs> yeah. they <cut> <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine they just didn't even want to be do yeah. anything that political even though having a black captain marvel is fucking like someone i mean he's not officially captain marvel but taking off that 
that mantle yeah. of Captain America, excuse me, like that's pretty revolutionary. Yeah. So yeah. whether you like it or not, like lean into the revolution, baby. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you're going to do a little something, but then be scared to actually be right. to stand up. My thing is, if you're going to stand up for something, you need to stand, stand up. up for it. And yeah. that's issue with a lot of these companies a lot of these brands yep they too scared to, to stand up for some shit that they know is right because they don't want backlash uh-uh you need to stand up for what's right we're stand past up for what's all right. of that okay because people are still honey people are still coming for the marvel marvel you know if you go out there and say that i love to eat shit as marvel Guess right. what? They still going to be a line wrapped around because they're going to be coming for like the brand is like they're still going to yeah. come. So you, they could say like, I hate niggas. Right. And niggas still going to watch it. That's just literally the world that we live in. Right. Like, so you might as well stand for what's right. Ain't nobody going to take away your coin. Not like this. They're not going to take it away. Unless y'all say y'all love David Duke, uh, the Klansman, and y'all be sucking his dick every night, then okay. But like... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Then okay, yeah. It's going down. (laughs) But... You know, for the man was saying some real shit. Let him yeah. say some real shit. It's just these companies be so scared to take a stance. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's, it's Disney like, too. So, yeah. you know. It's 2021, friends. Like you see companies like Nike taking stances and it's, shit. Nike's a huge company. Yeah. Uh they've did it before when they backed Colin Kaepernick. It's just like yeah. just do it and yeah. just stop being little bitches. That's yeah. and Period. that's all people respect you a lot more for that. But yeah. I'm glad that he still got to let people know that he said it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I wish it would have kept it. That would have been cool. Yeah. But anyway, so that series is available on Disney Plus. If you yep, want to yep. see it, you probably should see it since our guy Anthony Mackie is in it. Yes. And like I said, the fine ass Sebastian Stan. Very fine. Who mm-hmm. I stan. Yeah. He, um, okay. So next, John Boyega or Boy Bega hey. says that Reg Jean Page mm-hmm. or Jonathan Majors should play Superman. Oh, God. I mean, I'm trying to see a lie in the headline. I'm trying to see. So with the I can never say name to Tanahasi Coates. Yep, Tanahasi. Yep, and Superman film in development. John Boyega, Boyega, sorry, <laughs> gave his opinions on who should play the Man of Steel. He said during Hollywood Reporter Roundtable um, that he wanted Reg Jean Page mm-hmm. or Jonathan Majors for the role of Superman. So we talk about these people all the time. I'm pretty sure we talked about both these people last week. Pretty much. Reg Jean Page is from Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he was in Sylvie's Love. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. how y'all know him. And then if y'all know Jonathan Majors, good the fuck by. I'm not even going to talk about where he's from because you should know. You definitely should know. Um. So yeah, John Boybega said that he wants one of them to be Superman. He said he wanted somebody with knotted hair. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is um, British for nappy. Okay, I'm about to say, is that a British uh, What is knotted hair? Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing. I have no idea, but that's what I'm like. What? You and he said like he wanted movie. to see Josh O'Connor or Chris Rock as villains in the movie doing something Ooh. really dark and messed up. Ooh, cool. um, Who's Josh O'Connor? Look him up. I don't know. He was on the round table with them. Oh, 
Connor. Let me know who he is. Yeah. Um, I pulled him up. He is definitely a English actor. Um, he's known for the portrayal of Prince Charles in the next Netflix drama, The Crown. So I watched that. Okay. He did do a really good job. Um, okay. Also, Prince Charles is incredibly boring. He did a great job of making sure uh, he did not break character, but he still followed the storyline. So, okay. He is, and Got he is a white it. man. Got it. So he okay. wants him or Chris Rock to be villains in the movie. Okay. Um, I can't see Chris Rock as a villain because I would just laugh. <laughs> you know, that has fun. a funny aura to him. You know, he has played a villain in something. I um, did. I can't, I can't, it, I'll look it up, but a lot of people said it was good, but um, I'm gonna look it up now. Oh, probably in Fargo. Was he a villain? Yes, in Fargo. I think so, Chris Rock. I'm sure he was good in that. And he's in this new Jigsaw spinoff with Samuel Jackson, I think. Oh, That's out yes. right now. Let me see. Now I have to say it because I want y'all to go see it. Chris Rock. It's Jigsaw. supposed to be like a thriller or oh, something spiral. like that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's I've seen the trailer. And Samuel... Come on. Samuel's one of my favorite actors, y'all. He's so good. <laughs> so good. So yeah, they're actually in a movie right now. And I'm sure I just I just know personally, Chris Rock, I just be laughing. Like he's, <laughs> Yeah, he's we know him for the comedies. Person. He's just funny. He is funny. Um, but currently Michael Jordan is the rumored front runner for okay. this version of Superman, but he hasn't officially been cast yet. That and makes sense. Unpopular opinion. I don't want him to be. I like the idea of Jonathan Majors. Or, yeah. Um, I don't know Breaker. about Fred Jean Page. He's okay. Superman, but Jonathan Majors does. Yeah, Jonathan Majors gives me that for sure. He gives me yeah. Superman. Yeah. He can save my day and a day. Right. Come and say today, honey. Let me be Lois Lane. Bitch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I ain't got no credits, but please cast me as Lois Okay. Lane. That's all I need to know. Glasses or no glasses. I'm going to see you, nigga. I'm going to know it's you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to um, know. <laughs> but yeah, he hasn't officially been cast yet, but I can see why they want to do Michael B. Jordan. For sure. As as Superman, okay, get it, but um, <laughs> kind of over that. I'm yeah. more into Jonathan Majors being um, Superman. I but, agree. Um, like I said, he hasn't been cast, so it's still on the table, and the script yeah. content is also still a mystery. Comic book aficionados would know that there's an alternate timeline Superman. So there's an alternate oh. timeline Superman who actually is black. Oh, his name is Calvin Ellis. <laughs> that is a black ass name. That yeah. is a very black ass name. <laughs> Alvin here. Um, we love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that also a DJ? Anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting. Calvin uh, Harris. That's the DJ. Harris. Yes, yes, yes. Um, either way. Yeah. Either way. I am probably gonna watch. Never yeah. watched a Superman movie before. Was not interested. One of my least favorite superheroes. Think he's so lame. But if Jonathan Majors. <laughs> Yeah. It's Superman. I will be front and center. Okay. I mean, that's period point blank. And that's yeah. That's mm -hmm. honestly period point blank. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Bet. All I have to say about mm -hmm. that. So Kevin Hart, the five two wonder. <laughs> I, don't <know> he's <laughs> I don't know if he's five two. I feel like maybe that's he might right. be five two. 
Anyway, <laughs> he is talking about his critics as if why would he even care about his critics? That point, too rich for that at this I, point. I was just thinking that when I was reading. I was like, come on now. But go ahead. I'm why? sorry. Give the news to the people. I'm so why sorry. do you care about your critics at this stage in your Monty and in your career and life? You got how many kids me. now? You got multiple kids now. Just had another one. Why do you care? But anyways, he has something to say about his critics. Mm-hmm. And um, took to Twitter to rant against those who have said he is not funny, which people have been saying that for years. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to make everybody laugh. Exactly. Yeah. And people have been saying that. They don't yeah. think he's funny for a long time. Why is mm-hmm. it still bothering you? I, I think I, I feel like I would just be different. I feel like I just wouldn't give up. Yeah. But yeah. he says, sometimes you got to sit back and laugh at some of the shit that you hear. And I hear it all. The he's not funny slander is the best. This is for you. I have three stand-up comedy specials that fall in the top 10 highest grossing comedy specials of all time. Yep. Two of my specials are in the top three of all time. I've also turned my comedic talent into a place of business and branding and radio and other revenue streams. The hate slander fuels me to do more. I've also turned my comedic Okay, then he already said that. Mm-hmm. You guys are what makes this business fun because it's not about getting to the top. It's about doing your best to stay on top after you get there. I rarely talk shit, but I felt the need to today. Stop believing these headlines and read the actual articles. You guys fall for the ban in the tailpipe trick every damn time. J. Cole said it best. If you're laughing at a millionaire, the joke is on you. Now get back to your regular schedule program. Live, love, and laugh. <laughs> he had to get that out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that. I guess he was just, on his period and he decided that he was sweet <laughs> about it. personally uh, i think he's yeah. way too rich and way too yeah. popular yeah to even give a fuck that yeah. man has over a hundred million followers like if you have yeah. over a hundred million followers on instagram you are top tier yeah so the more popular you are the more people are going to talk shit but it's not like people haven't talked shit about that man for years and yeah who gives a shit yeah i cannot but yeah, his, like, probably on his period. He was feeling some type of way and yeah. just felt like he had to get that out. Yeah. But it's like almost like, nigga, we know that your comedy specials is up there. You ain't got to tell us. Like, uh, yeah. My thing is, if I don't I put in all this work and I know yeah. that I'm at the top of the game, like, I ain't going to be arguing with broke niggas who want to be where I'm at. The, period. First of all, I don't even know how Twitter work. So I would be posting thing oblivious. I probably would have been canceled five times, not even know it, because I'm too busy <laughs> counting my coins. Publicists yelling in the background. I'm be like, we be all right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> like, it's fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even sit there and complain to y'all that I have yeah. three- top comedy specials i wouldn't even sit here explain to y'all how i created all these different revenue streams of revenue from my brand i ain't got time to be explaining that to y'all because i got work to do and y'all asses gonna sit there and hate at the bottom yeah and the movie's gonna be fine it's gonna be number one when it when it comes out it's gonna be number one on netflix (laughs) like it's gonna do it's gonna be like you're it's gonna be a success and i mean okay to play devil's advocate maybe like kevin hart has had several controversies in the past before (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm sure any type of like you know maybe the swelling of criticism because i i have not been you know had i don't have the eyes of a million people watching me and i'm grateful for that i'm a happy introvert i don't want nobody you don't even know me that's fine so (laughs) i can't imagine the stress i guess of it in terms of like you know what i mean people 
critiquing you even when you're wrong uh but you know maybe it's it's sort of that sort of you know that defense you know what I mean even when this is like oh like it's hard to filter out what you need to respond to and what you don't need to respond to on the internet but this he did not need to respond because he didn't say anything crazy but I don't know what the uh article was that people were saying so yeah I don't he's too rich for for this argument to to even yeah facts I definitely agree. He's he's way too rich for to be worried about this and too successful. Like you literally have a movie out coming out next. Like, mm -mm. yeah, yeah. And it's like you have you got too much going on to be addressing and proving yourself at this point. You've already proved yourself through your work. So yeah, he's cemented. He's cemented. You are good. Like, yeah, agree. But maybe he just had to get that out, and hopefully, he's not have to say shit again or be worried about it again like yeah boo fuck these niggas (laughs) um right so miss zoe kravitz she was making her directorial debut with pussy island starring channing tatum and that is something that when i saw the title i was like yeah that's something that she would definitely well all right of um come on Okay, yeah. So Sanaa Latham will be making her director debut. Which do we miss that? Do we? Hmm. Can we talk about that? Okay. No. Okay, we're gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have I'll to look click at that on later. That. But yeah. apparently, our girl Sanaa Latham is well, making her directorial debut. That news was announced last week, and now Zoe Kravitz is jumping in the chair. Go She's part of a huge package at this year's Cannes Market. What the hell is that? Attached to direct the film as her directorial debut. Uh, Channing Tatum will be starring. Good to see that. I haven't seen him in a while in something. We're missing that little white boy. Um, it's yeah. described as a genre thriller. What the hell is a genre thriller? Okay. Um, okay. okay. So she wrote the script with E.T. Fonbaum. And she's okay, been writer. on the project for years. Oh. Um, we have a description per Deadline's exclusive report. Well, here it is. Frida is a young, clever Los Angeles cocktail waitress who has her eyes set on the prize. Philanthropist and tech mogul Slater King, played by Channing Tatum, when she skillfully maneuvers her way into King's inner circle and ultimately an intimate gathering on his private island, she's ready for a journey of a lifetime. Despite the epic setting, beautiful people, ever-flowing champagne, late-night dance parties, Frida can sense that there's more to this island than meets the eye. Something she can't quite put her finger on. Something terrifying. Oh. Okay. Oh, it reminds me of, um, you know, I forget what it's called, but there's a reality show called like X Island or Love Island or some shit like that. And people, I haven't seen it, but it reminds me of like if, basically if all these hot people on an island and all of a sudden it turns sinister basically like mm. there's a killer on the island and somebody fitting to die mm. yeah yes okay so wow. she said the title means a lot of things i started writing this story in 2017 as a woman in general and a woman in this industry i've experienced some pretty wild behavior from the opposite sex the title was kind of a joke at first this place where people mm. would go bring women party and hang out and then the story evolves into something else, but the title wound up having multiple meanings. And it alludes to this time and place we claim to not be in anymore in terms of sexual politics. People are evolving and changing, but there is still a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths from past behavior. It's a nod to that, but it's also playful. 
and a really playful film in a lot of ways. I like that the title leads with that and has some heavy meaning beneath it. So it will officially be on the Cane's market next week. Um, interesting. That is okay. interesting. Good for her. Good for her. Pussy Island starring Channing Tatum. What a title. Yeah. What a title. <laughs> Pussy power. Pussy power, y'all. Hey. All right. So next, Kiki Palmer joins Maya Rudolph and Big Mouth spinoff Human Resources. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Okay, so according to Variety, the announcement was made during Netflix presentation at the NSC Animation Film Festival. The spinoff takes place in the supernatural world where hormone monsters, shame wizards, depression kitties, and other emotion-based creatures help humanity through life stages. That's cute. I love um, it. So the cast also includes A.D. Bryant, Randall Park, David Thewlis. Big Mouth season four writer Brandon Kyle Goodman and Big hey. Mouth creator Nick Kroll. Funny story about Nick Kroll. I was at <gasps> a club, a lounge downtown mm -hmm. in LA back in 2019. And it was a lot of niggas there. But it's like mm -hmm. a class. Oh, the lounge that we went to for my birthday. Do you remember? Okay. That? Yes, yes, back yes. Back in 2019 where we had a second. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Nick Kroll was there amongst Amazing. a whole bunch of niggas. <laughs> like, niggas, niggas. I'm not surprised. I'm on, the, I'm on the floor shaking my ass. And I'm like, <laughs> is that Nick Crow? And it was just surrounded by niggas. Like, niggas. Uh, and I was I'm, like, I don't know why Nick I'm not Crow? surprised. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not surprised for some reason. It was so strange because it was why. just Nick Crow looking all white and Nick Crowley. I was like a whole it. ass white boy. Yeah. Just through all these niggas. And it was just oh my God. the most out of place. Um, <laughs> all the people I did not expect to look and see Nick Kroll there. You, um, I wouldn't be surprised because I, I don't know his circle like that, but I have a feeling. I think he's come up in uh, stand-up comedian and improv and all that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a very strange thing to see. Was <laughs> shaking my ass. Go off. Um, to see Nick Kroll standing over there, just like vibing. Um, pretty funny. I but um that. yeah so <laughs> it um well big mouth has been one of netflix's most popular animated series it's still so controversy good. when attention turned to white actors who played slash voiced black animated characters yes in the wake of the murders of george floyd brianna taylor tony mcdade and others so jenny mm -hmm. slate who voiced big mouth character missy stepped down from the role Yep. What? So yeah. I watched the show, but there was white people voicing black characters. Yeah. So for at least I think two seasons, she voiced um, Missy, who's a biracial uh, child on the, you know, on the show um, or oh, in okay. the animation. And but still. And so when the whole thing came up, you know, with the quote unquote awakening of America in terms of race <laughs> stuff. Um, she decided, I think it was her, her a, a decision, like, ah, this, this is pretty fucked up. But I do believe like people were calling that out for a while, probably in the industry. Um, and they, uh, the last season, they debuted the new voice of Missy, which I forget. Um, I don't know if they say her name in there, but yeah, Missy's character is, uh, her mom is Jewish um and white and uh her father's black so got it mm -hmm. hmm. okay well at least she mm -hmm. uh had some sense and decided to oh yep. ayo ayo edibiri has since taken yep. over voice in the character yep 
Yep. Um, okay, and then uh, Nick Kroll and some other people, creators posted a statement about that as well. But mm -hmm. anyways, okay, so I don't know how it became about all of that. <laughs> what it was supposed to be was about Kiki Palmer joining Maya Rudolph in the spinoff called Human right. Resources. Yeah. But most of the articles actually about the whole scandal with that. Yeah. But we want to focus on Kiki Palmer and Maya Rudolph getting to the bag. Okay. Hey. Because it's one of Netflix's most popular animated series. So the spinoff yes. is going to be the same thing. I'm speaking into existence. So oh, excited. Yeah. I mean, anything Maya Rudolph watching. Anything keep Palmer watching. So. Period. Period. And animation, I'm Ooh. sure it's gonna be hella funny. It's yeah, uh -huh. the show is hilarious. And Maya's character is the funniest character in I the whole series. That. Period. Like I cannot wait. And I hope she is the main character in this spinoff because she deserves. And that's just period. She deserves. So mm -hmm. I didn't have any more details about the spinoff, but mm -hmm. y'all just watch out for it. Netflix be making sure they promote their shit. So mm -hmm. Y'all okay. niggas don't see it, so make sure you watch it. And I'm sure, sure Kiki gonna say something about it on her Instagram because that's mm -hmm. where she be. She be saying all the stuff. Yep, yep. So y'all just check that out. Mm -hmm. right, the last story: the Smithsonian Channel to air video essays called Boiling Points. It's a docu series for Juneteenth. So um, yeah, it's gonna be a series of video essays. Three of the essays. From Christopher Emden, Jason Reynolds, and Maimona Youssef will air on the Smithsonian Channel. The rest will air on social. Okay. The essays will see the writers, activists, artists, and community leaders reflecting on Juneteenth and how this consequential moment in American history deeply resonates today. Elisa mm -hmm. Rubin, Dane Joseph, and James Blue, executive produced for the Smithsonian Channel. And um, as part of its Juneteenth coverage, it will also air... So they already said that. So the six-part mm -hmm. series re-examines America's troubled history of systematic racism. Y'all gonna need a lot more than six, six yeah. parts to talk about that. And you know? police brutality over the decades. Oh my God. Through firsthand stories and riveting footage from the CBS News vaults, mm -hmm. from the Bloody Sunday attack Come on. to the George Floyd murder, the series takes an unflinching look at racial injustice in our country, reliving acts of civil rights, yep. abuse, yep. Police brutality, environmental racism that sparked outrage and caused change. So the series mm -hmm. will air with other curated content for Juneteenth on Juneteenth, which is Saturday, June 19th, yep. from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if you're mm -hmm. interested in that, go ahead and give that a whirl. I personally, yep. it's like I am seeing we're always uh being reminded of racism every day so yeah yeah on juneteenth i just want to celebrate yeah and Fair just enough. um celebrate us Amen. But, um always down for some history yep um lessons so y'all can check yep. out sonian channel on juneteenth this yep. saturday on the 19th from yep, one yep. pretty much all day they're going to yep. be airing these essays yeah i think that's right. very good Mm -hmm. So that is the end of the news. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into this review of uh, the pilot of Master of None season three. Let's do it. What up, y'all? We are back. We are black and we are bringing you the main segment. Hey, hey. All right. 
So the main segment this week, as Corey already said before, is we will be reviewing the season three of Netflix Master of None. Um, now, if you're not familiar with Master of None, it's a comedy. So they, they consider it a dramedy, but um, it came out first uh, November 2015. Um, it was created by Aziz Ansari and Alan Young. Um, Aziz, yes. of course, was from Parks and Recreation. He had a bit of a controversy, I think, within the midseason. Um, yeah. But... Um, he's back writing. I believe he's uncanceled. Not going to go deeply into that because we just want to go through and talk yes. about <laughs> the series. Um, and Alan Yang, again, he was also a writer on Parks and Recs, but he's been creating, continues to write and create um, ever since. Also, check him out on a lot of panels and roundtables and all this stuff. He's actually, mm -hmm. he's whenever he's on a panel on a roundtable, he's my favorite because he always makes sense. He's very grounded. He shares tips about writing and He's just someone I'm just like, yes, everything you say, I listen, I understand. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. So overall, the series follows um, what was then the lead role of Dev Shaw, which was played by Aziz, um, who was a 31-year-old actor. And um, it kind of was you know, in the first, in the first season, it was kind of just dedicated to New York and the different stories of different people. We followed Dev along the way. In the second season, it took place in Italy, Italy and New York and, and, you know, 10 seasons. Um, I don't, it was either season, the second season or the, the first season, forgive me, but that was when, uh, they really got into Lena Waithe's character. Uh, her character is played uh, Denise, thank you. And that's where she wrote the um, Emmy award winning episode mm -hmm. of Thanksgiving. It's great. Yes. We've read the script before. Um, and of course, she became the first uh, black woman to win writing in a comedy series. So um, shout out to her for making history. And she's continuing, you know, to build her mogul, <laughs> her empire <laughs> as we watch her kill the game like yeah. always. Um so yeah, now the third season, which is, uh, they said, it, the real title is Master of None, Moments in Love. And it's six episodes and it follows uh, Denise's character. We do get um, a Dev's character come in, but it's mainly focused on Denise and her partner, um, Alicia, and their journey throughout the whole thing. So at the top, want to say spoiler alerts for you hoes. Um, me and Corey, are, I, re I watched the whole series because I got sucked in and Corey's <laughs> already at episode four. So just so you know, there'll be some spoiler alerts. We might try and keep it to the pilot, but who knows? Just so you know, spoiler alert. So if you don't want any spoilers, you can skip to niggas you should know later on. Um, but, <laughs> but we're just going to talk freely. <laughs> so yeah so yes so that is the overview of everything um and of course overall the series has won emmy awards and a golden globe so three uh emmy awards to be exact three three of them so it's well written and well done um at least that's what the critics say but we'll give you our our uh review right now so overall um when it came to this season, we're just looking at the season. What did you think? Um, and yeah, what did you think of it? Um, so I struggled at first. The only Ooh. reason mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is because I am a huge fan of Master of None. Absolutely yeah. Yeah. 
adored, loved the first two seasons. Yes. Loved all the characters. Um, yes. I truly enjoyed everyone. Yes. Even uh, who's the white dude named the big tall white dude? Ooh. One of the friends. I, I will look him name. up. But I'll look him I, up real quick. Go ahead. I genuinely enjoyed everyone. Yeah. So it was that's the only reason I struggle on this third season, even though I love Lena Waithe. Yeah. Um, not seeing the whole crew. Yeah. And what I loved about Master of None in the first two seasons was that it was freaking hilarious. It but was. in a way that was not on the nose comedy. It was just yes. true yeah. situational life comedy yeah. with a mix of really heartfelt stuff. Yeah. It was comedy, but still relatable and still yeah. extremely heartfelt. Yeah. And it was just perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect TV first two seasons. Now, not saying this third season is bad mm -hmm. by any means. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Just saying that I did miss the elements that made me fall in love with the first two seasons. But mm -hmm. excited to see Denise's character develop. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we get to explore this relationship. Right. Um, it was way more of a darker tone than mm -hmm. the first two seasons. It was mm -hmm. pretty much a dark tone. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really much comedy to this um, new season, but it's it's still a masterpiece. It's still damn great work. Um, obviously, great writing, great cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was directed by Aziz and Lena. Yeah. Um, just great stuff. Yeah. But just different. So if you're used to the first two seasons of Master of None, it is nothing like that. Yeah. That was the only thing that threw me because I, like I said, loved Master of None. Absolutely loved it. Yes. Yes. I will agree with you. Also, to answer your question, um, according to IMBD, Arnold, the tall Arnold! white guy. Yes. Oh, my dog. Yeah, he's so funny. He's uh, played by Eric uh, Wareheim. Yes. So, yes. And also Brian, who was played by Kelvin. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, with that, also, I agree with you. I did miss a lot. One thing, especially in season one, that I love that they did was they highlighted different people's stories in New York City, mm -hmm. um, but still like, you know, kept that storyline. And um, on I, uh, Wikipedia, at least, basically, I think production of uh, COVID may have been um, oh. a factor. Uh, so um, according okay. to this, it says production work began on the third season in early 2020 in London, but was put on hold because of COVID-19. By January 2021, production was getting ready to resume with Naomi um, Aki joining the cast. And Naomi plays uh, Denise's girlfriend, um, Alicia. So I, I don't know for sure, but I can imagine maybe they had to rethink the way they were going to do um, the season based on um, the the pandemic so that may that may be an answer to what you were saying because i agree with you i definitely missed um the sort of full gravitas of the show and how big and expansive that they make it in the world um mm. overall yes i agree with you i thought it was still great writing i think it was still great directing um it was very intimate they did a great job of making me feel 
very much into the love story of Denise and Alicia. I definitely love seeing sort of two queer black women living in what looks to be this like <laughs> formerly white owned farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, black farmers, like- come on. They had chickens. They named them after, you know, Shaka and like the great divas and everything. I was like, okay, I, I live mm-hmm. for this. I like this. Um, there were many shots that made you feel like they, first of all, they had this filter on it that gave it this like independent film yeah, this very, feel to like, it. It was a film filter that made it like yes. filmed with a film, actual yes. film camera. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So the quality of work is just, it's really undeniable. And the pacing mm-hmm. was like, for me, it was hard to get into because of the like the pace of it. Yeah, like it at first, cool. it felt very boring. Like it really felt like, oh, yeah, I was. Right, a normal weekend of just chilling the whole time. Like you did not miss any of like the mundane shit. So it felt very real, um, realistic in that way, but also like, okay, all right, when are we going to get to the good stuff? Um, But I think they did a good job of packing a lot into 30 minutes, even though it felt like I was watching an hour film, it was only 30 minutes Um, because a lot happened, particularly in the pilot, we have them, you know, first we have uh, Denise and Alicia set up. They're married. Okay. Dev and his girlfriend come through. They have a fight, you know, and I believe by the end of that episode, Alicia and um, Denise decide they're going to try and have a kid, you know? So mm-hmm. to me, it was like, whoa, big progression, right? Um, and mm-hmm. they did a good job of showing where each person was in their life, where you know, Lena Waite's character was definitely at the height. She's an author. She, you know, she's working on her second book. There's buzz around that. Um, and then, you know, Alicia still has the dream of holding, creating the vintage uh, shop that she wanted to um, create. So it was, it was, it was well done. The production was well done. The writing was well done. Um, I. Yeah. Uh, I almost didn't finish because I was like, this is taking too long now. But once it did, once it did, I was like, okay, I think I understand why they're trying to be so intimate with it because they want us to, at least my assumption was they want us to feel like we are there with them, which I definitely uh, got. And I appreciate that. Like, you know, it felt very independent um, film. Like it, 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 they definitely took care of it where, you know, those bougie, like, the way you see those really bougie old white films that, you know, critics mm-hmm. are like, this is the best work ever. It felt mm-hmm. like they like put that same care and like elevation to the production into this production. And so I, I appreciated and enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, it was definitely very cinematic and yes. definitely, to be honest, very boring at first. Yes. Um, like you said, I was almost like, child, I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was Ooh. not paying attention, to be honest. But um, I know that Lena Waits a freaking genius. So yep. there is a method to all of her madness. Right. And there's a reason. And there was points in time where it just felt too artsy for me. I was you know like, what? I That's may not fair. be artsy enough. That's fair. <laughs> You know That's what? fair. There are points where I was like, I may not be artsy enough for this. Yeah. 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 You were talking about it. It was very reminiscent of like older, those white, very uh, 
what they call I'm doing air quotes classic film yes then I went on Aziz's Instagram Mm -hmm. while I was watching it and he had Mm -hmm. made a post with all the different scenes different shots that they had from the third season and the references the film references to where they got those shots from and it was a lot of like old white Mm. classic films so yes the directing obviously was trying to mirror whatever those movies were yeah um but I just think as a whole, it was the the vibe that I think they were going for was it was a big film broken up into different episodes. Yes. That's what it felt yeah. like yeah. supposed to be for me. Was yeah. one big film broken up into different episodes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it was it was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an intimate portrayal of, you know, a relationship that mm-hmm. goes downhill after yep. going through something like you know, a miscarriage, which sucks and mm-hmm. um, can break up, you know, yep. relationships. Um, but yeah, it it was just beautifully done, beautifully yep. um, directed, love the shots. Yep. And, but yeah, there just wasn't a lot of talking. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I guess the reason for that is um, so that they could make it more... Sorry, just came in. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that they can make it more realistic. Yeah. Um, because I think that's what they're really going for was that, yeah. that real factor, that real intimate look at a real relationship. Yeah. Um, and what you know these people go through. I did like that they kind of broke off and got into Alicia's character with her yeah. trying to have this baby by IVF, which mm-hmm. you and I had a whole spiel about Child. thinking about why did she just adopt a child who already needs a home? Um, but she was dead set on having a child. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, like I said, I'm on the fourth episode, this, which is the yeah. second to last. So I don't know if they go back to Denise's character, but I would mm-hmm. like them to. Mm-hmm. But do they go back to Denise's they do. character at all? They okay, do. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I want to see what my girl Denise is doing because yeah. Denise is my girl. Yeah. So, okay, I'm glad they go back to Denise's character because I was like kind of missing that too. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, definitely a complete flip in tone from the first two seasons and yeah. what probably most people love Master of None for originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just be mindful of that. But mm-hmm. like I said, that does not mean that it's not good. It's it's still a damn masterpiece. Yeah. That's the damn show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I agree. And I also like the fact that they are, yeah, the main characters are two black, two queer black women. And so mm-hmm. they were able to highlight like certain issues that they would face. Right. So yep. going back to what you were saying. Um, and hopefully I don't spoil this for you because I think you're in the middle of episode four. Oh but, my, I don't care about spoilers. Uh, work. Okay. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically um, Alicia, um, when they, when she is going to have the child first, she does it with her partner um, when they're together. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they break up because both of them were cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a good, uh, I think that was, they showed how the miscarriage affected the relationship and how some people respond to grief, you know, whether it's lashing out at your partner, whether it's seeking comfort outside of the relationship, whether it's, you know, just, you know, some people are more expressive when they're, um, grieving. Some people are more introverted when they're grieving, how the, those combinations clash, you know, um, and how, 
you know, it could easily dissolve. So I think they actually did a really good job of, of, of portraying that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alicia goes on to try and have um, a child on her own through the IVF process. And if you don't know what that is, that's in vitro fertilization. So, yeah, I mean, it was really, I think they did a good job of highlighting each step that she would have to go through. Cause I think for mm-hmm. me, that episode was kind of my favorite because I could not escape, right? Like it was like, no, we're going through every single step <laughs> of what she has to go through with mm-hmm. IVF, right? Like there wasn't any sugarcoating it. And one of the really interesting parts to me was how they highlighted how health insurance, if you are either yeah. a single person or um, a queer person who's trying to have a, they don't cover a lot of the costs, probably none of the costs. Mm-hmm. So, and they only, they only do it if, if it's like a heterosexual couple depending, you know what I mean? On their situation. So it was, you know, it was like already she's trying to have a family and she's trying to have a family in a system that is not set up for her to even do what other people are, you know, assumed to have and do. Right. So that was like a super interesting moment. Um, And yeah, they don't sugarcoat it at all. It's like, and even as she went through, you know, there, there's a possibility where, you know, in the IVF process that it fails, right? Like, you know, you do all of that and it's tens of thousands, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, not, not to, not to mention the invasiveness of it. Like we saw her stick needles in her stomach a lot. And there are other movies that have done this before. Uh, I forget what was popping in my head before, but they've, they've showed this, but they, I've never seen this process with a, a queer black woman. Right. And her doing it by herself and connecting with her family, you know, her mother basically over the phone, but her pretty much doing it by herself and even reaching out to her sperm donor who she, you know, who's a friend of theirs who agreed to help them and him, him checking in on her when she was just so like overwhelmed by the process. So you're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. I was like, well, my God. And so you felt really all of that. So I think they did a good job of highlighting that. And I think they did a good job of making them the focal point of the season, even though I still miss the other characters Mm -hmm. um, and what they brought to the table. But I think it was really cool, particularly with her story, how they highlighted that and the realness of it. It wasn't sugarcoated. It wasn't you know, her feelings of not, not only not being able to afford to make a child, but also to afford the child after she made the child. I was like, well, hey, God, <laughs> a lot of people need to start like, yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, she had to put her dream on hold, like her dream to open up an antique shop that she wanted, you know, she didn't have the, the money anymore after that because she wanted this so badly. So yeah. Um, I appreciated that like real, real honest look and a look with care too. Like they just weren't frivolous with it, but they made you feel really much in the process with her. Um, And so I think they they did a really, really, really good job of that. So when it comes to like characters, I think it was very good that they focused on um, mainly those two characters throughout the whole thing. But I'm sure maybe that may have come from having to scale back a little because of, you know, filming in the pandemic, you know what I mean? But yeah, only they can confirm that I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it was just a spinoff 
of Master it does of it does it's like its own kind of contained spinoff of master of none which mm-hmm. i ain't mad at yeah um hey <laughs> lord ernie that's that's Corey <laughs> yelling at ernie lord ernie's a little puppy um but yeah <laughs> good point about the yeah. the ivf episode talking mm-hmm. about the insurance because that was definitely something that stood out to me um was that scene so that was good and kind of raising awareness of mm-hmm. kind of you know what black queer couples you know go through when they're mm-hmm. doing certain things that regular couples will want to do so mm-hmm. that was a good scene so good pointing that out and then also light skin Darius was just fine. So <laughs> He's that so was... fine. And he was like a good guy. I was like, wait a minute. Hey, you're doing too much now. Okay, Darius. He's fine and nice now like that. He seemed like a reasonable human being. I was like, not yeah. you with a perfect lineup and a nice beard and you willing. <laughs> like, you're not a real person. Stop it. Facts. So light skin Darius was the guy <laughs> that they got their sperm form twice. <laughs> <laughs> um he was just fine he's very fine and i just had to point that out as usual yes. <laughs> no, yeah, no no overall great character development yes great introduction of a new character alicia yes and then allowing us to really see her journey and then also her character was developed yes well. so while we're seeing her go through this we're seeing her character actually go through an arc and actually yep. get to know her character more and then mm-hmm. dive more into um Denise's character as well yeah um so yeah overall I mean it was like I said it was different yeah but that does not mean it was bad it was still a masterpiece I agree an absolute masterpiece in every sense of the word visually yeah um structurally Mm -hmm. the way the story was done all very well done yes good good piece of work and I see I just see it as a spinoff of Master of None yeah I wouldn't I would I would agree a film a a spinoff film yeah 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 it definitely felt like that also uh Darius was played by actor Anthony Welsh I just want to throw that out there so we'll be yep we'll be stalking on instagram god i'm like i know anthony is nothing like darius if my experience of what men are i'm like i'm sure they exist but i'm like he could be maybe maybe but but darius was way too reasonable loving and willing to like help people i'm like that's not (laughs) a man what (laughs) like what is that but yeah and but let me take my bitterness out. Let me take my bitterness out. <laughs> we love to see it though. He, yes, he did, he did great, a good job. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. He did a swell job. Yes. Um, and he was a great black cis character. Yes, he was. Up in there. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they had Rasheed. Alicia had him as, as a friend. He was, he was a good character. Yeah, he was a good um, character. But yeah, I mean, we talked about our overview, the tone, mm-hmm. characters, pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so yeah, if there's I think anything it's else. definitely worth the watch. But if yeah. you're like me, a diehard Master of None fan, mm-hmm. I would come at it with an open mind because it yep. is definitely not the same. So it's yep. more, definitely more of a spinoff. And it feels like a spinoff because it's called Master has a subtitle. So yep. I think it I think we can safely call it like a kind of spinoff yeah a season three spinoff yeah but yeah I, anyway did it again <laughs> yeah she definitely did it again with all her shows the shy I think she got uh boomerang she got all such stuff hey, so she, she, like you ever tired of getting money 
God dang, girl. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Not mad at you. But yeah, I think this was great. Um, and it's something like when you think of the pace and tone, it's not like, you know, crazy, but it, it, yeah. it will grab you at a certain point. Give the pilot a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then, then you'll get, you know, into the story, but, um, and shout out to Angela Bassett. The only time we got her was on a phone call. I think she had with, um, Denise when, um, basically I think, she, yeah, they were in the middle of that breakup. So she was on the phone call. So I was like, shout out to the queen, even on the yeah. phone acting, yeah. acting down. Okay. Yo, I would live if she got best supporting actress just being on the phone in the shop. I'll be like, you know what? And deserve, well deserved. Cause duh. Give it to her. Please. They can try, but they okay. can never. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was, yeah, it was just, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, love the the cameos by Aziz. Yes. In there, Deb. Um, but yeah, they should have brought Arnold back. I know, he's so funny. <laughs> I would have loved a little cameo from Arnold. I just thought he was very lovely. So. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Good yeah, job. all in all, I think you guys mm-hmm. should give it a whirl. And I'm just happy the show came back because it was for a second there. I thought it wasn't going to come back. Truly. Truly, but well, yeah, I was like, wait a minute yikes. now, yikes! And like I yeah. said, we don't know what happened with Aziz. I barely know mm-hmm. the story, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you said, I guess he's uncanceled. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if that if that is what's keeping you from watching it, it's not really about him this this season. So. Yeah, it's not. And also, just for if you're a lover of film and story, watch mm-hmm. all the seasons. Honestly, like watch mm-hmm. watch all the seasons. They do a really good job of telling telling just different stories in general and still keeping a cohesive like tone and it might feel different the last one definitely feels different so I'm glad they titled it a little bit different but they did I just they they the way they I just feel like what they did was something different in storytelling for a lot of people of color and so I think yeah, give it a whirl. Particularly season one, when they went through all the different people that they highlighted. Um, even like there was an episode uh, dedicated to a character that was deaf. And the way they did the production, the way you got into the characters, those characters were developed, period. Like they were, they were like, and they had a story and you were following them and you were engaged, like check, check the whole thing out. And especially Lena's uh, Thanksgiving episode mm-hmm. please like we've already read it but you should if you're not gonna do anything watch that for sure and it, it's hilarious like Corey said <laughs> like it yeah. was funny so good. and the parents episode yes one oh. episode two one yes. of my favorite episodes of tv yes. ever what a yes. beautiful it was beautiful yeah uh, what a beautiful funny oh just perfect it was yeah perfect uh tv episode amazing so yeah like you Mm -hmm. said if you're a lover of plot plot story i mean yeah (laughs) plot story character all that just get the whole thing truly i mean it's nominated for all types of shit yeah um has broken records okay with lena waste winning um her her emmy for writing Mm -hmm. and it's been on a bunch of top 10 lists yeah um it's it's critically acclaimed child so there's no reason why if you want to be writing you not reading yeah. or watching master of none the yeah. script's are also out there too i think i yeah. have 
I have the pilot script. I have yeah. um, the script for the parents episode and the things yes. that exist out oh. in the world. Yeah. So get all three of those mm-hmm. and definitely read them because yeah, that's writing that you need to be studying. Yeah. If you want to get into the jam. So mm-hmm. yeah, good, good, good stuff. Yep. yep. Um, yes. So that is our review. Um, yeah, hit us up if you have a different review after you watch it. Tell us what you think and feel and all that beautiful stuff. Um, and I think we can just get right into um niggas you should know, honestly. Yeah. All right, so um, the nigga that I picked that you <laughs> should <laughs> So, yes, so, um, yeah, Naomi Aki, who played Denise's girlfriend, Alicia, in Master of None, is the nigga I think you should know. She's mm-hmm. a British accent, and you can hear it um, in the... A show they, she does not change her accent or needs to she just keeps it for her character uh-huh um you know she made her tv debut as jen and doctor who in the episode face the raven um and for her role as bonnie on the television dark comedy uh series the end of the fucking world which was also i believe on netflix and she received the 2020 British Academy Television Award for Best Supporting Actress because of that role. Um, She's also known for her role in the film Star Wars, The Rise of the Skywalker in 2019. Go off. Um, In 2021, she was, uh, again, the main role in the third season of Master of None um, playing um, Alicia. So, yeah, she's been... Yeah, she's been working. Um, she also, if we're going a little bit to, through her career, um, she was in the breakthrough film Lady Macbeth in 2016, uh, for which she uh, won a British Independent Film Award for Most Promising Newcomer in 2017. Look at her. Mm-hmm. Um, she she appeared in the film's Yardie in 2018. I believe that was produced by Drake. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, and of course, Star Wars. So yeah she is out here she will be star uh aki will star in the bio uh biographical film i want to dance with somebody portraying singer whitney houston no she not yes ma'am she is that's what it says on the wikipedia honey we'll go off um sis and congratulations uh it was announced so we'll see what when that will come out that's going to be a big fucking deal you better sign the house Mm -hmm. down honey um she better she can't better. play when it comes to that Mm-mm. she could no 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 also, no, no how many whitney houston stuff are they gonna make Child. they've made quite a bit and yes lifetime is not allowed to do it anymore i'm like okay we yeah. already got your version chat um like how many different people have played with me over the last five years man i i mean i hope that lena waith is a part of because she really loved whitney he's like a huge fan mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. it would be great if like lena was a part of that and like make sure it did justice and she already acted with you know um Naomi already in this scene so I hope I hope I I, I hope yes and I hope the family's okay with it and all that stuff but I'm sure we're gonna get more articles along the way and watch that as develop but nigga that I think you should know Naomi Aki check her out in the latest season of Master of None um yeah she did a great job she sure did mm-hmm. she sure did Mm-hmm. Um, and then mine is somebody we talked about earlier, Anthony Mackie, probably already should know him, but I feel mm-hmm. like he has a tint of underratedness to him. I agree. So, yeah. 
Um, you may not know him, but you mm-hmm. definitely you may not know him, but you've seen this nigga. Oh, absolutely. So that's why you should know this nigga. Absolutely. I'm gonna go through his whole career because well, let's him. go because he deserves okay. the flowers. That's why we do this. <laughs> All right. So in 2002, he mm-hmm. worked as an understudy to John Cheadle, bitch. Goddamn. In <laughs> San Lori Park's play Top Dog Underdog, and won an Obie Award for his role in Carl Hancock Ruxus play Talk. So wow. stage work, bitch. Mm. Nigga has stage work. Actor. So, <laughs> he appeared in 8 Mile, which I never actually watched that whole ass movie. Okay, um, I definitely remember him in 8 Mile. I love that. He was the main antagonist of <laughs> Papa Doc. Which, yes. maybe I, I think I watched halfway through 8 Yo. Mile and not get through it, but... Now I think about it, I think I do remember his as, yep. as the main antagonist slash mm-hmm. um but so his funny. star first starring role was in the film, the 2003 independent film Brother to Brother. He played Perry, a young artist who struggles to adjust to the world as a gay black man. Mm. And then the next year he was in Million Dollar Baby, which was uh critically yep. acclaimed if y'all yep. remember, Eastwood directed and he starred in it and he starred. Hillary Swank. Yes. As mm-hmm. the um boxer, the I think character. she was. Yeah. Yeah. She was like the main character. And then he was also in there too, playing another one of the, the good boxers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, then he was in Spike Lee, She Hates Me. Mm-hmm. And then he was in Half Nelson, Crossover, and We All Marshall. So, and that was mm-hmm. all in 2006. Okay. So he was basically getting his coins. He's working. So um, in 2008, he starred in three plays by August Wilson at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in D.C. Legendary. So already yeah. Black Bottom. Yeah. Fences. And he was in Jitney. Okay. Mm. So mm. stage work. I always respect an actor who has okay. stage work. too. Um, and, and August Wilson to- work too. Like legendary. Yeah, that's not easy stuff to do. No. So he also participated several times in the 24-hour plays that were held in New York City each fall. So he obviously loves his stage work. Okay. Listen, love your craft. Go hard. Yes. And he was on Broadway in 2010. Oh my God. And then he portrayed Tupac in Notorious. Where was that? Wow. I definitely did I missed that completely. I don't know about that. But I didn't think I watched Notorious either. But um, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Okay. And that was the second time that he had played Tupac. So okay. He played Tupac in a, a play in 2001 while okay. he was in So, mm-hmm. okay. He likes to p- portray Tupac. He was mm-hmm. in Heart Locker in 2009. Mm. He was, he narrated a documentary about oh. um, football player Marcus Dupree. Mm-hmm. He was Adjustment Bureau in 2011. Yeah. And he first starred. Um, as um the sam wilson the falcon or whatever in captain yes America mm-hmm. in 2014 mm-hmm. and then he reprised the role in all the other damn marvel movies after that so all i mean Avengers, yes and then all the captain america <laughs> yes and now he's in the disney plus uh show which we talked about yep so he's, he's getting all the checks Martin Luther king jr come on in 2016 in the hbo tv drama all the way and he was a gang leader named King in The Hate You Give, which mm-hmm. was an adaption of the best-selling novel, which I'll show yep. you. Yep. And then he was in the Netflix uh, science fiction film, I.O. Mm. And then he was cast in the second season of um, Altered Carbon, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also in an episode of Black Mirror in the fifth season, which was a very strange episode. It was really weird, yeah. 
he was with Yaya. He got he, to kiss Yaya. I'm yeah. like, I want to kiss Yaya. Okay. That's not even so. Okay. But it was a very strange episode to me. Mm-hmm. But um, good episode. Yeah. And Nicole Bahari, she was in it too. I love her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, she was. And then, yeah, so, and now he's portraying uh, the Falcon or whatever the hell. Yeah. In, in the, the show. Yep. And he did have a movie that came out this year with Damson Idris, the nigga from Snowfall, who everyone loves. Yes. It came out in January, so y'all should watch that too, called Outside the Wire. So a lot of his stuff mm. is on the streaming services. I just went through this, this man, not yeah. even this old the yeah. market, but I went through a good chunk of it, child. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff I be seeing on Netflix or Amazon or HBO. Yep. So there ain't no reason why you shouldn't get yourself together and just right. watch all this stuff. Come on, y'all know y'all be sharing uh, passwords. Come on now. It's right. Fine. So y'all go ahead and watch because I think that he's definitely underrated. And Absolutely. You know, I'm going to give him his flowers. While yes. Okay. Why he is alive, still tall and fine. He's, a, he's always going to be tall and fine. But yeah. Yeah, that's always going to happen. Yeah, that's always going to be. now, so if you're if you looking. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was like, like, I really got a chance. I'm like, well, let me go. <laughs> let me get a number for you, child. I'm going to get a number for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's Anthony Mackie. Y'all should definitely know that nigga. If yes. you don't, then I don't know what's up with you. Yes. That is a that's great, it. great nigga you should know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with that, that is the end of episode 80. Look, good God. Wow. Um, you know, hit us up on all things Tinseltown. We're going to do a little quick, you know, um, after this, we're going to put something on the, um, Instagram. So y'all know something coming out soon. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, hit us up, be engaged. Like, you know, we're at Tinseltown T on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, not on the TikTok yet. Not sure um, if we want to venture that way or whatever Thank new you. app y'all got um, on the on the streets that are about to pop up. But um, yeah, engage us. We love to talk to y'all. And shout out to all the other podcasts that have been following us and like you know follow mm-hmm. you know again following. And we love the information that you guys have been putting out, particularly on writing and like giving tips and everything. It's all about support. And making sure that we continue to write. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, what about you, Corey? Girl, you know, said it all, child. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. Shout out to all the people that be interacting with us, be hitting yes. us up, mm-hmm. and all the teams. And thank y'all for listening. I mean, it is very fun to do this every week. And we're glad that we be helping y'all out. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, stay beautiful um, and stay writing. And yeah, we'll see y'all next week or at another time. Yeah, we'll we'll hit you up another time. Yeah, we'll let y'all know. We'll let (laughs) y'all know. Bye. Bye.